Hi, you guys. Hope here. So I just wanted to let you know about this episode. We lost our good audio. It was completely corrupted. I tried really hard to save it, but it was just not okay. So what you're about to hear is our backup audio. This is the exact reason why we run backup recorders for situations like this. But just know that the audio is also still pretty darn rough. Just because it's our backup recorder, they're not as good. <laughs> so um, I did my best to keep it the episode like nice and clean. But just know that audio is very wonky for this episode. But it's still a great conversation. We are gearing up for the finale. We had a great time, so I hope you really enjoyed the episode. But I just wanted to give you a heads up that things happen and you just have to deal with them. All right, you guys. Love you. Enjoy the episode. I'm recording there. Um, Are you ready, Chris? I am ready. To talk about aliens and the unknown and puberty and and sweatiness and the warm again and the end of the world. Are you ready for all this? I am ready. What the hell is this? Ugh, this is so boring. What else is on? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons, an animation podcast for geeky girl experience. I'm Hope Mullinax, and I make my friend Chris Honeywell watch my favorite animated shows in this episode. While Dipper is Differ, I said Differ. While Differ is offered a chance of a lifetime, everything goes wrong for Mabel as she plans her and Dipper's 13th birthday party. We're talking about Gravity Falls, Dipper and Mabel versus the future this week. How you doing, Chris? Pretty good. Last episode before the finale! Yeah, it seemed like it. It almost felt like the first episode of the finale, you know? You know, I've seen that argument flow around, because it kind of is. It's almost... The emotional half of this episode is so different from a lot of the other show, Like, the rest of the show, you know? Like, it kind of... It still has that Gravity Falls weirdness, but then it, at the end it has that, like, punch of reality of, like, oh, summer's ending, the show's almost over, and, like, it just shifts the, the emotional tone of the episode. Sort of like puberty does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, it's also that kind of thing of, like, up to this point, you know, it kind of felt like there could have been a season three, they could have just gone on more adventures, and this episode's like, no, it's ending. Here we go. We're going into it. So, you doing all right? Yeah. Yeah. We. It's been a few weeks since we've talked Gravity Falls. I had to go to a wedding and was gone for a couple weeks, so we're all back in Gravity Falls time, and it's fun. And yeah. Well, it was nice. We had a kind of lighter episode before we we came back with we're coming back with the with the big finale. Yeah. Well, you mean this episode, the lighter episode? No, the last episode we did before you went on vacation oh, was more of a, yeah, it was just, yeah, it was just more of a episodic, you know, whereas this one's got the triangle guy. Oh, your triangle guy's back. I was kind of like, as I was going through this, I was like, what, what is there to speculate? We're going into the finale. Like, <laughs> like what else is there? <laughs> Things are going to come to a head. You, you don't know how. No, I don't. 
how on point you are when it with the word ahead like with a head there's definitely a head <laughs> oh. interesting definitely a head i didn't write that in my predictions but remember i said that i guess so i can claim some <laughs> victory when it happens did you like this one i did i like this one a lot I, I like this one a lot too um we were both saying before though like we neither of us really have a lot of notes for it it's because it's kind of just a straightforward episode just setting up the stakes and going into the finale but that doesn't mean it's a bad episode <laughs> Well, I didn't have, like, a lot of specific notes, but I knew, you know, just watching it, I knew the general tone of what we're going to be talking about today, so, and I watched it today, so it's, like, fresh in my brain. Well, are you ready to get into it? I am. Dipper and Mabel versus the Future is the 37th episode of Gravity Falls, and it aired on October 12th, 2015. It was written by Alex Hirsch, Josh Weinstein, Matt Chapman, Mark Rizzo, and Jeff Rao. The director was Steven Sandoval, and the storyboard artists were Dana Terrace, Luke Weber, and Ben Holm. Some extra information for you. Mabel says that she thinks that high school is a place where students sing about following their dreams like some sort of musical as she's... As she's learned to watch what? Oh, sorry, my my virus scan was just like, would you like to run virus scan now? <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 skip, skip all this. Okay, cool. Thank you that there's no malware on my thing. Thank you, I appreciate that. Thank you, thank you. Okay, go waste virus scan. Uh, so pretty, that, that's a not to High School Musical. <laughs> Thanks, virus scan. On one of the pipes inside the UFO, in alien writing, the words Barney and Betty were here is written. This is a reference to Barney and Betty Hill. Yep, the incident at Exeter. An American couple who claimed to be abducted by aliens in 1961. It was the first widely publicized report of an alien abduction in the United States. Yep, the interrupted journey. I, I remember I remember sitting reading that book in my my town library as a little kid it was the first ufo book i read and it blew my mind they used hypnosis to and also a a trivia note barney and betty hill were a uh an interracial married couple they were um i was looking at them a little bit earlier today because i was like i don't know what this is and then i was like "Ah." which people would go so so what does that mean today but this was 1961 (laughs) They were both local activists. Um, they were both members of the NAACP and community leaders. And Barney sat on the local board of the United States Commission on Civil Rights. So yeah. Yeah, they were they were well spoken, and uh, their story under hypno- under hypnosis was very very intense and uh, convincing. And finally, the last piece of information is Dipper and Ford walk by a chair with an alien skeleton sitting in it. This is a reference to uh, to the space jockey from Aliens. Well, as always, hope makes Chris about the cartoons is broken into parts. Part one will be stories, themes, and characters. Part two will be Dipper's journal entry. Then we'll talk about the ciphers and connections to previous episodes. And then we'll get into Chris's speculation, which I'm not say what you think of this <laughs> going into the finale. So, um, all right, Chris, what were your favorite parts of the episode? Well, I'm knocking one of yours off right away because... My favorite was uh, my hormones are like a sweaty cage. My hormones are like a sweaty cage. And, I love Robbie. <laughs> and I like and I always like seeing Greaser's Diner because I love it because it's like an old log, and at the same time, it looks kind of like something from the Flintstones from an old Flintstones cartoon. Oh, it kind of does. 
Dino's or Grease, Diner. Greasy's Diner, yeah. It's in that style. It's got, like, the cockeyed chimney coming off it, you know. Yeah, it's just, I like it. But that's all I got for favorites. There weren't a lot of, like, fun jokes, ads jokes. and jokes thrown around in this one. Well, like you said, I had one, too, with the hormones in the sweaty cage. I like when they get to Grinda's house. If you look, if you look at, like, if you freeze on Grinda's house, there's punch marks on everything. <laughs> I miss that. One of the poles is punched out. There's a like there's a punch mark in the tree. Like the fences are broken. The mailbox is like sideways. So there's punch marks all over Grinda's front yard. And this is more like it's not like a funny thing, but like I love the music and the animation and the scene where Mabel is running away. Like Brad Breek, uh really like brought it again for that scene, and it has this like it it, it it's. Not as, I would say, like, overbearing or as powerful as, like, nobody seems, but it's so uniquely different um, from most Gravity Falls music. And so, like, when he does those cool musical riffs that is so different from, like, the rest of the show, they really stand out. And actually, that takes me into my my kind of first note um, when it comes to the artwork of that scene. I really enjoyed the parallel structure of this episode to Not What He Seems, where Ford came back and it Stan was revealed of what happened and stuff like that. They both open with that like kind of fun morning thing where the kids are being kids and it's lighthearted and it's fun. And both episodes end with that like deep red color because everything is changing and nothing will be the same. And they've hit that point of no return. Just to just uh, we were talking about I watched the Snyder cut before we recorded though, but I just remembered I I saw Commissioner Gordon in that movie who was. Same guy who voices Ford. So I saw Ford in the Snyder Cut just a few days ago. He plays Commissioner Gordon? Yeah. And he's good. He's, 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 he's comparable to Gary Oldman. He's made, he's done a Marvel and DC yappy head of something. So he's been J. Jonah Jameson and Commissioner Gordon and he's, and he's sort of great as both. He's great in whatever he does. He's a great actor. He's always fun. Yeah, I actually just finished editing uh, the episode Not What He Seems, and I told you that it was going to be J.K. Simmons, and you are just like, I love him! Yep. <laughs> so, ooh, I don't even know where to begin, because I have so few notes. <laughs> I guess I kind of wrote my notes in orders of the episodes, so... Uh, my only note is this is the ultimate pubo episode so far. This is the ultimate Gravity Falls pubo episode. Pubisode. Pubisode! Gross. All, all the kids were having pubisodes in this <laughs> in this episode. I, okay, so to talk about the pubisode, I almost noted the high school scene, just the entire high school gymnasium scene. Your very body turns against you. <laughs> I love it. But I also like that scene, too, where they're in the gymnasium with all the teens and stuff, because... Mabel is so idealistic, and that scene is playing into her fears of growing up, because that's the thing, like, Mabel wants to always hold on to childhood, we know that she wants to cherish those childhood milestones, like we saw in Summerween, where she was like, I didn't realize this was our last Halloween together, and I like that setup of, she's so excited about her 13th birthday, but she doesn't real like, she's starting to realize, like, what it actually means to get older and to grow up, and that fear starts sinking into her, and I like how they set up those beats 
throughout the episode where it starts off like she's super excited about it and each things that happens to Mabel rips her down a little bit more to her lowest point. Yeah, because she should have known better and trust Blendon Blendon. Well, Blendon Blendon is their ally now. Yeah, but still. Like, she's been enough. She's to, 12. Yeah, no, she's been, she's also in, like, a very, like, yeah, she wouldn't, like, if she was in regular Chipper Mabel, she wouldn't have fell for it. She had to be, like. At her in, lowest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I, I think that's, uh, you, that was a kind of a really nasty time, like, in between this episode and the finale, where a lot of people were, like, turning on Mabel, where so many people were like, she's 12, you guys need to calm down. <laughs> like they were like she's the worst and she's the true villain and people were like she's 12 oh my and god. she had a bad day <laughs> oh my god but no those were uh that was a really tough month at the fandom a lot they they, really they spend enough time setting up that she doesn't know what the rift in the dimensional time is that actually is a very important point i actually have that as a note bless ford but he doesn't know what to do with kids and he's, you know, he's not a better caretaker than Stan. Stan at least knows to keep them alive and keep them safe. But Ford's just like, let's go, Dipper, let's... Well, he's like, I need a, I need somebody to take over from me, and you're, he's he's blowing a lot of smoke up Dipper's ass. But at the same time, let's just... Re- and and they, they, it's just good writing, because he... He's like, ah, I used to bring McGucket down here all the time. Yeah, look at McGucket now, you know? McGucket yeah. could be zip, dip, Zipper. I almost call him Zipper. McGucket could almost... That would be what they call him when he gets McGucketized. McGuckinated. They'll call him Zipper. And yeah, that could be his fate, is McGucket. Yeah, and I, that's the whole thing about... Um, I, I was trying to like not go into it too much because I didn't want things to be spoilery for you. But for a while now, like, Dipper, like, Ford has, keeps telling Dipper, like, you know, don't tell Mabel about these things. You know, like, this is between us. Can I trust you, Dipper? And, like, this is the author, someone, like, Dipper's been idolizing the entire summer. And so, of course, like, Dipper's got to be like, okay, yeah, it's our secret and stuff like that. So Mabel, you're right, has no idea what the riff is because whether it, it's not malicious, I don't think at any point that Ford meant this to be malicious, but he's been accidentally no, isolating it's selfish. Dipper. Yeah, he's been isolating Dipper away from Mabel. He 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 was putting up red flags all that that you know, and and they were doing and, and and once again, good writing. They were doing them as jokes, but like the whole like Dipper, my face is on fire. Oh, that's what I used to shave. You know, just shows that he'll casually lie to Dipper to get him to do something. And uh, Dipper and you know Dipper's young enough, uh, excited enough. Well, like I said, this is the ultimate pubo episode because they're on that cusp. And they're they're hitting the fail the failures of being on the other side of the pubo cup cusp right now. Z- Dipper's blinded by his idolizing Ford, and Mabel is is crippled by her her sadness of of <laughs> having to grow up and things having to change. And it brings them to the lowest point. It brings them to the point that sets off the conflict that the the I'm I'm guessing since that it you know ultimately resolve everything or resolve the immediate story i I doubt it'll resolve like everything about gravity falls this is this is just a a dramatic point where everybody has to get if you want to get it going good for the last for the wind-up bill was waiting for he was waiting for one of them to slip because they've been so like proactive about it like they've been so like careful and stuff like that all he needed was 
one slip up. Well, yeah, and he's had, and he's actually, he's taken advantage of some slip ups before and almost gotten some slip ups. So he was just going to keep trying until eventually something happened. And now it happened. He got his break. I think he, in soft opera, like, he kind of made a mistake, like, having too much fun in Dipper's body, um, because he ended up being his own demise because he didn't understand Dipper's weaknesses, which was physical. <laughs> but then I, I think that's why he's so much more careful with someone like Blendon Blandon, because we didn't know who he was going to possess, but we knew he was going to possess someone outside the family. And I think Blendon's a really good choice because because of how Blendon did present himself he was like you guys just did me a favor like three up ep- like like no five episodes ago he's got goggles too and he has goggles too but blinden is someone to appeal to mabel's kindness and i, I think it was mabel in the seuss's birthday episode who was like we did kind of screw him over and put him in this position so we should be kind to him so like that that story's already set up to where mabel has already like had I don't want to say, like, a relationship with, like, thing because they're just certainly not friends, but, like, they they know each other, and they're not enemies anymore, and they're allies now. So it, it would make sense for Blinden to come back and be like, it, it, it's not out of the question for him to be like, you did me a favor, let me do one for you. You could almost hear Bill's voice in him, though. Like, the like his manner of talking had a little bit of Bill in it. It was pretty he cool. He was trying to stammer, you know, because like, Blinden stammers on accident, but you could hear him just going, I'm, 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 like, Bill's like, this person's supposed to stutter. This is what stuttering is. <laughs> Before everything goes to shit, though, I do want to touch on one thing at the, the very, very beginning of the episode. I, I do like the little bit of growth between sock opera and this episode, because in sock opera, they were both their own failures. They were both their own enemies. They both failed because of themselves, because they were trying to use their other twin for their own gains. But in this episode, like Mabel is like super supportive of Dipper. And she's like, you go with Ford. I got this birthday things. And Dipper is like, are you sure about this? I can stay with you and help. And they actually have that conversation where they talk about how what each of them what they knows what the other one wants, and they both support each other. And I thought that was some really nice growth from sock opera, because then it sets up the rest of the story where Dipper is physically away from Mabel, so she doesn't have that support when everything starts going wrong. Right, because she was so she was so confident at that point. She's just like, everything's going great. Yeah, you go ahead on, on your little adventure. This is fun, you know? She just was mm-hmm. like... And then she got slapped with reality in the gym, like, with Wendy. She was just like, oh, God. <laughs> that's me. Yeah, and then Candy and Grinda weren't even there to be her support system either. Yeah, that's going to be weird. They sort of wrote them out of the end of the, the season. They said they wouldn't be there to say goodbye to him. They basically were like, we won't, we're not going to be there at the end of the summer. Uh, what happened, like, their birthday is a week away, so they're not going to be there the next week. Right, but that, but she said, I won't get to say goodbye to you at the end of the summer. But then the, then, then the rift opened. So there's, there's still a week between. I'm not saying anything. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm, well, as it stands now, that's what, the, that's the status <laughs> that, that, that Mabel thinks they're at. So aliens, didn't you, didn't you? I wondered, I, at one point I was just thinking that I wondered why we hadn't had aliens yet because they were a natural for that. And then I was like, well, that's probably fits because it's probably some natural phenomena of gravity falls or something 
So I was, yeah, I was definitely surprised that an alien spaceship was worked into it, but... I think you predicted aliens at one point in season one, but I don't Maybe. quite... I know Remember. we talked about. I know we talked about that that, that there had been an absence of aliens to that point. So I might have been saying like sometimes some aliens have got to show up because we haven't even touched on them yet. Did you Did you like the alien ship and all that? Yeah, dude, that's one of my dreams is to open it, have a secret alien ship that I could go hang out in and and check out a, an enormous <laughs> skyscraper type. <laughs> I, I also just I do think it's a little cool bit of animation that scene where Ford like jumps down the, the pole and is just sliding the whole way down that, that's a cool bit of animation uh, also I don't know why they didn't mention it but I think uh, the scene yeah okay you know when uh, uh, Ford opens up the you know he's like it's funny that you mentioned that and he opens it up and, and they're on top of the UFO and then they show that long shot of the dome like you, where you can see the dome of the UFO in the hill I think that is a tribute to the scene where they find the alien ship, the movie in John Carpenter's The Thing movie. There's a there's a matte painting of the of them coming up over a ridge, and you can just sort of see the outline of the alien ship under the ice, and there's a ridge around it, like there's a ridge around the hill there. So I I think it was that was a little bit of tribute. I definitely picked up the alien tribute. Maybe it was then, because because all the like allusions and tribute and stuff like that are like it's it's in the Wikipedia, so it's written by fans. So that just might just be a fan who just didn't know, who didn't know that uh-huh. reference. So that's why you should just write all the references because you know these things. I get all the old people references. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I'm going to know what the incident at Exeter, or you know the the interrupted journey is in Barty and Betty Hill are, but that's old school stuff. But if there's a TikTok reference, you're lost. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. Done. Never been <laughs> on TikTok. Up. Never been on the TikTok. I have it on my phone. I've yet to open it. I don't know what it is. So I've seen TikTok videos that people, you know, hey, look at this video or whatever. But they're just little videos. They've been. They they don't seem any different than any other other ones that that used to do that. They they were talking about TikTok um, when I was watching Game Grumps and. Aaron kind of set up the difference between TikTok and Vine really well, because Vine was only 10 seconds. It was like, set up punchline. Like there's, and that's all it was. It was just like, set up punchline, set up punchline, set up punchline. But at least with uh, TikTok, videos are a minute. So you have time to do a build and like build up the story and like have that more time to be a, have that little kind of creative room to play with. So it's not just like the instant of set up punchline. So because Vine kind of wore itself out with that format, and that's why uh, he was like, he was talking about this, and he's like, I think TikTok's going to be last a lot longer because there's more cre- like room for creative expression, even though it's only a minute. You can put a lot in a minute. You can put a lot in a minute. You yep. absolutely can. So to go back to talking about Ford, though, there's one line that stuck out to me that was like, this is the difference between Ford and Dipper, um, and why it's so important about like Dipper and Mabel kind of breaking these cycles. Ford asked Dipper to be his apprentice instead of going to school and staying with his parents and all of that. And when Dipper is like, but what about Mabel and my, my family and stuff like that? Ford goes, isn't it stifling? Like, it's suffocating, isn't it? Because <laughs> Yeah, that's his baggage. 
Yeah. That is his baggage, but he's trying to, like, get different on that. He's like, yeah, isn't she stifling you? Like, isn't she holding you back? Because Stan was holding me back. You see, I think he's just so so up his own ass that he just thinks that since Dipper is reminds him so much of him, that Dipper feels the same way about his twin that he feels about about Stan. And that's that's a really bad assumption to make. <laughs> And that's something I actually really like about Ford, because he's very imperfect. He's a very imperfect hero. I wish we did, and that's where I was saying, like, last week's episode, which I wish we had more time with Ford, because the journal does so much legwork for Ford's character. It really does, because he's an arrogant little asshole in to McGucket, and he thinks he's better than everybody. He thinks he's the smartest person in the room, and he gets fucked over. And then he realizes his mistakes, and then he goes on this like whole like lone hero journey where he's like, only I can fight Bill. No one else can. It's all on me. It was my mistake. No family. And I, but I, like I, I think that's such a fascinating character trait because he's stands imperfect in one way. Ford's imperfect in a completely different way, <laughs> and I like that about him. I like that he's an asshole. I, I, th- I agree. I, but I think he's a you know loving asshole. Well, it makes him more interesting character, and it sort of goes along with being a ma- mad scientist too. You got to be a little bit arrogant to do mad science, mm-hmm. otherwise you wouldn't. You would. Stop short of doing mad science. So you gotta have it. You gotta have it in some degree in order to do odd experiments with other dimensions without like warning the government or anything, <laughs> you know, yeah. in your basement lab. So yeah, it goes with the, it goes with the territory. So and it makes him an interesting character. It would, it would suck if he was just basically another, another, um, Stan. Just a con artist and stuff like yeah, that, just, yeah. Just, just, yeah, just slightly different than Stan or something, you know? I do think we get to see a little bit of Stan's influence on Dipper because I love that scene where Dipper is standing up to the alien security droid and, like, they've crashed and he is like, you're not taking my family from me. You're not taking my uncle. And that just rings so true to Stan and what he's done in the last 30 years that, like, he's put that love of family in Dipper. And I, I think that moment, like, was really Stan's influence on Dipper, not Ford's. And, yeah, I, I really do. I love that moment where he's facing off against the droid and he's just standing his ground. The, the, it's a it's a cool concept. It also is a little bit of phantasm in there. But, uh... Having having him keyed to adrenaline is uh, maybe not the best thing in the world because that just clues him off to the less professional <laughs> intruders. You would seem like an intruder, whether they had adrenaline or not, would be uh, something to go after. But it, it, you know, that's just a minor sci-fi quibble. God, can you though that one scene though when when they first show up and like Ford is demanding Dipper not to panic and Dipper's like I can't <laughs> like that seems a, like that seems a little harsh he's twelve like just like Mabel he's twelve <laughs> and Ford is just asking so much of this twelve year old yeah well I I I, I liked it just because it, it showed like the for, it, it was I thought it oh, like I'm not saying I don't. Like it. I, like oh, I, I thought it worked as a comedy scene because it was, yeah. you know, Ford knows the danger they're in and he's trying to keep Dipper from getting excited. But, you know, by describing the danger they were in, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. It, it's yeah, it reminded me of something you'd see like in an Indiana Jones movie or something. I want to 
to touch on, and I don't even know what to say about it because it's just so much of their really good character work. Where Stan comes in to Mabel's room and she's looking at her scrapbook. I mean, it's just, I, I don't really have any strong notes about it. I just, I always really liked that scene because you have it as a foil to like what what Dipper and Ford are going through and they're going through this like crazy adventure and stuff like that. And then you have this quiet scene with Stan and Mabel and it shows their strength of their relationship. And I just where he's just like, are you okay, pumpkin? He calls her pumpkin. And I'm just like, he loves her. And he like gives her, her that like little wave and... Um, actually, that wave that Stan does when he's leaving, that was actually cut from the final episode and put into this episode. That was a little, like, uh, production note I found. But I, I just, I don't have anything strong. I just always have really liked that scene, but I don't have, like, any strong notes about it. I just yeah. think it's a really nice scene for yeah. them to kind of touch base one time before the finale. There's not anything really deep going on here that we haven't seen developing. It's just all setting it into place. So there's not a lot to say about it beyond Mm -hmm. pointing it out. The only thing that I would say, I thought they did a really good job setting it up. Because in A Tale of Two Stands, like Stan and Ford told their whole backstory and stuff like that. And then there's that scene at the end where Mabel asks Dipper, like, are we always going to be with each other? Like, are we going to get stupid like they did? And he's like, I won't get stupid if you don't get stupid, stupid. And he's like, all right, good night, stupid. And then Mabel just lays awake because she's worried that she's going to drift apart from Dipper. And that was what, like, seven episodes ago, six episodes ago. So if it affected her six episodes ago, you know, this is something that she's been mulling about for a while now. And especially because, like, Ford keeps pulling Dipper away again and again and again. And it was a really nice setup moment to this where she's had six episodes wondering about Ford. And and it almost feels like she's been kind of trying to prove herself to Ford, too. She was like, let me do the unicorn thing. Let me be the Dipper here. Like, I can do this. And and I'm not saying that Ford doesn't like Dipper or doesn't like Mabel because he's like he's clearly impressed with her because she made pin pals pin pals with a pizza man in 30 seconds or whatever. But it's different. Like how he treats Mabel is very different from how he treats Dipper. And I think she's had this fear for six episodes now, half a season about she's going to she and Dipper will end up like standing forward because at that one moment, six episodes ago, where she just laid awake thinking about it. That's the bittersweetness of. Like, the whole thing is, like, we got to keep these two together, but that's just not how life works. They're both going to grow into things that they're interested in, and it's going to happen eventually. She just doesn't want it to happen yet. That's why I'm calling this the ultimate pubo episode. It's that it's that eventual thing where she knows it's an eventuality. It, she just doesn't want it to all happen at once. Like, it, it suddenly, you know, it's one of those things where, like, your worst fear just like manifests all at once and uh, you know everything it's just like this oh well you're not going to see your friends again for the summer summer's almost over you're almost a teenager you're almost going to high school and dipper is getting interested in something he's going to want to do for his life i mean i remember when my sister moved out i was gosh i was we're five years apart so i was still in high school and like she's not my twin you know she's five years older than me but it was still a big moment. It was still like a thing of just like, wow, my sister doesn't live here anymore. 
And I was really upset. And I still, she gave me a bear. She gave me like her bear to hold on to. And I still have it. I, it's on my bed right now. It's right over there. Yeah, I, I feel that. I really feel that moment of just like not wanting to happen, but it's going to happen anyway. And I remember how upset I was that my sister was leaving to, you know, go off with her person and stuff like that. So, yeah, I get that. The only other note I have, I just wanted to note the credits. Because usually the credits are a joke or a gag, but not this time. It's just lights flashing in the background on the flyer while people are, like, screaming. Oh, it's no, it's, hot- it's a masterpiece of audio. Now that I'm doing that audio drama, I listen to the audio mix so much closer of things. And that one is beautiful because it's just like, all right, we saw, like, you know, the sky freaking out and, and, you know, opening up and stuff and the ground starting to glow in places and stuff. But it tells a whole story. It, it starts out with that and then you hear people screaming and then, like, eventually helicopters, you know, start flying, you know, flying overhead and it starts sounding like a Godzilla movie. But they just keep layering sound effects in. It's really cool. It's it's just it's a chilling in scene to go into. How long was and the, and the huh. sound of the paper flapping in the wind is given an unusually like crinkly. It's extra crinkly, you know. It's it's almost like it's a piece of plastic. It's got an unnatural sound to it that's really eerie. So oh okay, I forgot there was not so much. I was about to say I was wondering if that was the last image we saw before a long hiatus, and it wasn't. There was only I think the fifteenth to the 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 to, to ten uh, two weeks between the finale of this and part one, and then between the part one and the part two there was a month, and between the part two and the part three there was six fucking months. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I know. That's nasty. That's just oh, it nasty. Was the worst. It was the worst, Chris. You don't even know. It sucked. That's garbage. <laughs> it's so garbage. So much. But did you have anything else for this episode? No, not really. Beyond Ultimate Pubo episode. Ultimate Pubo episode. Ultimate Pubo episode. Ultimate power of the Pubos. All right. Well, so now it is time to read... From Dipper's Journal. I'm not going to read all the stuff on the aliens. I, I was just going to say there's probably some, uh, you probably got some landmines in there, don't you? Not really. It's just, there's just a lot of stuff where Ford's just like, let me talk, talk about how the aliens and blah, blah, blah. And da, da, da. Though I was wrong. There is a tiny, tiny, like, little bit about the road trip that they went on last week because I was like, there's no journal entry. And so Ford was like, I told them to go on a road trip. <laughs> So this week, we are going to be talking about the aliens, and this is from Ford. So Ford says, The Rift Containment Unit is cracking. I suggest it would be a good time for Stan to take the kids on that road trip he's been talking about for a while. While I puzzle over this problem, if the unit breaks, all the madness of Bill's nightmare and dimension will come spilling into ours. In order to seal the rift for good, it's going to take an adhesive of unearthly strength. I must return to the crash site Omega. Although, I suppose there's no longer a need to make a coy nickname I invented in my youth. Since my nephew has decided to share his secrets with me, then I shall share mine as well. 
as I referenced in journal number two, there is an enormous extraterrestrial craft buried underneath the valley of Gravity Falls. And he talks about the ship for a while. <laughs> for a couple pages. He says, Having an alien ship under the town has caused many odd disturbances. Stoplights that don't work properly, electrical interferences, sick livestock, and occasional stories of vehicles being magnetically hurled off roads. A heavily guarded biological containment center apparently once housed eggs and larvae of other species discovered on, on alien worlds. This is where the shapeshifter came from. Although, judging by the claw marks and shattered glass, it seems likely that something escaped. Of course, I doubt that I'll have time to show any of this to Dipper on his first trip to, trip to the UFO. We'll need to retrieve the alien adhesive, and I'm thinking of discussing my apprenticeship offer with him this afternoon. If luck is with us, the security systems will still be defunct. And then we go into the end of the world. <laughs> so... That's it for the journal this week. A little short entry because I didn't, you know, he talked a while about aliens. <laughs> I didn't feel like reading it. So, well, there are no connections to previous episodes this time around, but there, of course, are cryptograms going on. Once they get on the alien ship, there's a lot of alien writing in the background and stuff like that. When that is decoded, it's just like little jokes and stuff. Like there's a joke that says probability drive engine. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I was about to say, it's a nod to Hitchhiker's Guide. Um, there's the probe atorium. There's an item that's from Blurg Bloth and Beyond. And finally, there's another one that says use Theotin's half price. I wonder if they're trying to rip on Scientology. That's exactly what they're doing there. Oh, okay. They're it's spelled different, to... but yeah. It's a nod to that. So, And then for the normal cryptograms that are in the episode, the one at the end of the credits is a line that Bill Cipher said in Sock to Opera, which is, did you miss me? And finally, the flashing page cryptogram at the end of the episode says, the prophecy seemed far away, but we finally reached the day. Give up the past, embrace the strange, everything you care about will change. That doesn't sound so bad to me. <laughs> I'll embrace the strange and everything you care about changes anyway. Yeah, that's true. I, this is kind of a weird one. All we have left is the finale. So what are your speculations for the finale? Nothing nothing big and cosmic about it, but I know that UFO is coming out of the ground at some point. At some point we're going to see like... <sighs> that's, that's my guess. It just seems like Chekhov's UFO to me. Do you have... Any thoughts about what even... The... Do you want me to go ahead and give you the title of next week's episode? Sure. Well, yeah, we do that every week, so yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and get... Because it was in this episode, because Ford talked about it, because he was like, this is my theory of what it's isn't called. It, isn't it the title of all the next four? Aren't they like... Then it's like part one, part two, and... The, the part two and the part three have different titles. Okay, okay. Because they're all called Weird Mageddon. Yeah, that makes sense. So next week is Weird Again in Part One, and that's then the what part happens is... when you open up a dimensional rift. Yeah, and then the Part Two is Weird Again in Part Two, blah 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 blah, and then it's gonna be Weird Again in Part Three, blah 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 blah. But I won't tell you what the blah 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 is until okay. later. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think Weird Again is? It's Bill Cipher. Oh, it's gonna be a riot, basically. When you open up any kind of dimensional rift, everybody knows that reality just becomes plastic and things start 
getting weird. I'm sure we're going to see things like coming, you know, projections of people's minds and all sorts of just random things and gravity not working and yeah, basically anything. It's putting our our universe, which is structured, into uh, melding it. You're not melding it, but yeah, they're they're it's mixing in with a universe that's controlled more by thought. You know, a plastic universe that's controlled by thought. A plastic universe that's controlled by thought. Do you normally skip the title credits? No, I always watch the title credits. They're so short. It's like not, you know, if the 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 ones that I skip are the long. I'm not always paying strict attention to them, but I'm usually just I'm usually watching them. Watch next week's title credits. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I I figured this was gonna be a weird one because it's pretty much like it's what's your thoughts on the finale? <laughs> I'm excited for you to watch the finale. I think you're gonna have a, I think you're gonna have a hoot with it. Oh yeah, come on! They gotta they'll be throwing every bit of weird. They they I mean they've been throwing a lot of weirdness at it, but now it's off the hook, you know. And everything that Bill Cipher's been involved with has already been. I mean, we've already seen tastes of it with with the kids, you know, creating things when they fought Bill Cipher with their minds before. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of that sort of fun stuff. And I imagine we're going to get to see a lot of just, like, throwaway gags with the townspeople and things happening in the town. Some of them funny, some of them really creepy, I imagine. I, I imagine a lot more horror beats are coming up. I will say next week has one of my favorite moments of the entire I'm hoping show. to have something Cthulhu, some some sort of elder god Cthulhu-y thing going on in some point in the next three episodes. Well, I don't have a good segue. I need a segue. You know who is also the elder gods of this podcast? Ooh. Uchulu. Jinjulu. Jinjulu. Brian Julu. Yogs of Brian. Hezulu. Hacknack the Billy. I only know Cthulhu, so. <laughs> You're gonna have to... Patrick the Destroyer. Linduru. Bree the Under Goddess. And her lovely wife, Alex. The lovely wife? <laughs> <laughs> the bride of the bride of the Under Goddess. And, and ruler Kate. of all Laxon. Kate-thulu. Kate-thulu. Yeah, Kate Thulu. Kate Thulu. It actually works with Heather, like Hethulu. Hethulu? Heather has a good one, uh, Hethulu. Though I did like Buchulu, that was funny. (laughs) Well, the reason we're saying these people's names in a funny way is, these are our lovely patrons! And they are so great. They support the show at patreon.com slash geekygirlexperience. And it's really easy to support the show. Um, you can do it as low as a dollar, but you get early episodes if you do $7. And they're a few weeks ahead of us. And if you're listening to this right now on the public feeds and stuff. So if you want to support the show, um, you get your name shouted out and have us turn you into elder gods. And just know that I love you guys. Thank you so much for everything. Like, I, you guys mean the world to me. And I adore you. And you guys are the best. Thank you so much. And we're almost done with our first show. Yay! All right, Chris. What are your final thoughts on the episode? I liked it a lot. It was very well written. It, it seems like uh, a lot of the time that they spent, which is great 
time well spent on on quick sight gags and stuff with the townspeople and stuff. They when they dispensed with all that, they they it's deceptively simple, but like ev- everything is just about everything that happens in this episode is just a nice setup for the conclusion of the the show. So it's yeah, it's it was really good. It would get a nine or ten if we were scoring these up. Yeah, I I like this episode a lot too. In in like it, even though we don't have a lot of notes, like it is the culmination of everything. And to me, like the strength of the writing here is is Ford actually. Like Ford's been in so few episodes, but his writing is so strong every time he's in a, in a scene. And they don't waste dialogue with him. Every line is loaded or has another meeting yeah. or is it has something behind it. I think it's almost like across the board in this whole thing. Almost every everything that happens and everything that's said has has meaning to it, even if it seems just sort of tossed off or or light. And it's all just the animation. I, I love the animation of that final scene too. I have to I have to give a shout out to oh what's his name Justin uh, Roiland, uh, who voices Blendon Blandon. He acted and it makes me wonder if like Alex Hirsch was in the room with him was like and Alex was like this is how Bill would say this line because Justin Roiland really acted very well as Blendon Blandon. We could tell it was Bill. <laughs> These are voice actors, they're cartoon voice actors. That's their stock and trade, you know, like. I'm sure Alex Hirsch uh, just had to tell him, you know, put a little bit of Bill Cipher in there, and he would be like, okay, you know, try it, try it out a couple times. But yeah, it was very nicely done, very subtly done. So I love this episode too. I will let you guys know we are going to break up the finale as a part one, a part two, and as a part three. It's three separate episodes, just because if we if we did the finale all at once, it would just be a really long episode. <laughs> Um, and we, I really want to take the time, so don't worry. We're still going to do three more episodes of Gravity Falls because we're going to break up the finale. And, but we will do, I know in syndication, part three is torp, normally broken up into two episodes. We are going to do the hour-long finale as one. That is going to be how that's weird. It's, they did this weird thing in syndication when they replay the episodes. The the part three is broken up into two because it's an hour long, so it's they do stuff. stuff. Hey, Chris, where can people find you? You can find me at 2TrueFreaks.com. That's our podcast. That's where we keep all our podcasts, tons and tons of them. You can sign up for their RSS feeds there or iTunes. And that's also where we keep Jay Guys and Jedi, which is the other podcast I do with Hope, where we cover Star Wars cartoons. Eh, nobody's making anybody watch cartoons over there. It's, it's, uh, it's just generally generally the consensus that we're going to watch Star Wars cartoons and we are basically we're all we're sort of uh more past the midway point of the first season of Resistance safely safely past the midway point by the time this comes out and we are also on Facebook with the Two True Freaks podcast and the Two True Freaks Cantina and on Twitter the Two True Freaks at twitter.com run by Gene Gene the podcasting machine. Gene, 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 Thulu is coming for your soul. Yes. <laughs> I, just a side note, I think we may have found a composer for the musical end of uh, the show that Gene is adapting for our audio <gasps> drama group. Yeah, we got a new member who makes music and has a lot of time on his hands and really wants to do <laughs> projects. <laughs> 
That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but that's where they can find me. Where where can they find you, Hope? So this is the podcast for geekgirlexperience.com. That's where I write all my reviews and all sorts of think pieces. You can also find us now on Twitter. We have a Twitter account. It's so funny because I just um, – since we record so far in advance, I, I keep having to go back in and adding our Twitter. I'm just like, I oh, know you can find us here because we're like six weeks in advance. And I was like, oh, anyway, our Twitter is our initials. So our show is Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons. So you can find us, us at HMCWC pod. And as Chris said, uh, we have another podcast called Jake Guys and Jedi and I run our Twitter account there. So, all right, Chris, you did it. We're going into Weird Mageddon. Yeah. It's all built up to this. Excited? Are you excited? I am excited. It's bittersweet, though, because I don't want it to go. But at the same time, I've also been having everybody getting me all hyped up about watching Avatar. So I'm excited about uh, watching Avatar, too. I started kind of um, last year rewatching a little bit of the first season. And I'm, I'm, I'm very excited because... It does, to me, take a few episodes to kind of get going, and that's that's just a hope thing. Because I'm not saying it's bad, just to me. I, I feel like the first about five, six episodes are the weakest spot of it. I, I don't mind shows taking a while to get going. It's never been a problem with me as much. As a matter of fact, sometimes it makes it better because, like, four or five, six shows in, all of a sudden it starts to get good, just like, ooh, you know? It's good from the start, but I have to kind of think about it. Like, we're going to be having to change up the format of the show a little bit because there's no mystery to solve. There's not going to be any journals to talk about. No, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll figure that all. We'll, you can tool that all to what, the, what, you know, to that show. You can, you yeah. can, you can tailor each segment, uh, you know, each different show we do on the show to whatever that show does, you know, so we can. And I'm, and I've been musing about it because there's so many influences in the show from like Myth- mythology and, Asian, and, and and various Asian cultures, yeah. like um, like the Airbenders are based on Tibetan monks, um, the Water Tribes are ba- based on Inuits and stuff. It's so, so I, funny so- because I was listening to a political podcast at work. This is what I'm telling you. Everything's everything's coming up Airbender to me, and they broke into a side <laughs> conversation. They, they 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 broke into a side conversation about Avatar and the 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 breakdown or, or it was there was some oh I know what it was there was some scandal going on where someone oh was, Jenna Jenna Ellis I think it was so yeah Jenna. said something about Avatar and but it was offensive if you took Avatar as be, she named two shows as if they were Asian shows but they were actually but it was Avatar and it was another one that were both it was Raya. They, they were both, uh, no, it was something else that I actually recognized ago. That wasn't made in Asia. That was American, but it was definitely Asian influenced. But like, I was like, well, that, but, and then the, 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 anyway, the commentators were talking about it and then they started talking about that. It, what exactly what you're saying? Well, they were like, well, actually, you know, I mean, they s- symbolically stand for roughly, you know, and they were breaking it down. These ones are the Inuits and so. Yeah, it sounds really cool. It's all people on Twitter, and I don't care about Twitter, so it's like, okay, they had a fight on Twitter about it. That's cool. (laughs) All right, you guys. We will see you next week. Yes. For Weird Mageddon. Yes.